Hey everyone, and welcome to The Rational Republican, a podcast where we look at complex issues facing us here in Oregon and around the nation. We'll try to address issues from a nonpartisan perspective and view our disagreements through a lens of respect rather than tribalism or divisiveness. I'm James Ball. This is Nick Perlosky. Hey listeners, how we doing? Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503 558 6349 or slash portland All right, listeners, on this episode, we are welcoming uh, some fabulous guests. This is Nick making the introduction since I was kind of the one who teed everything up this time and James didn't want to do it, but that's all right. That's not <laughs> not an accurate representation. Go ahead. J- James, James was on. very shy. We're, we're both very shy, which is why we have this podcast. Uh, but our guest this afternoon is uh, Corey Haynes, who's running in Oregon for the state legislature in House District 39. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. If you have a couple of seconds, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to run and the fact that you this is a first for our rational republican podcast you've brought a friend you've brought a guest a, we a guest <laughs> who's brought a guest we're such a social organization if you could also in addition to doing all that tell us uh who courtney is who your guest is and why why were the four of us are sitting here talking tonight okay well you introduced me uh cory haynes um i am a native oregonian mother um and wife um, from the east side. So I'm from Gresham area, graduated from Gresham High School. And I have two kids, um, one, two boys, fifth grade and, um, a two and a half year old. And let's see, why did I get involved? Well, lots of reasons. Several years ago, we started to kind of see, um, everything was, you know, unraveling and we kind of got a glimpse behind the curtain of like our children's school situation with the virtual hybrid school and you know we were we were concerned so there's there's a lot of issues within the education system that were a driving force or reason why why I wanted to run inflation is at you know a 40 year high and so I gosh I'm worried about taking a, the kids and the family on a road trip because it costs you know 140 dollars to to fill your gas tank and then you know the the uptick in crime. I have some family that are law enforcement and I just see how, really? okay. how, uh, how just unfair they're treated, you know, and, and so uh, there's lots of different reasons. All right. but. Good stuff. So good in, stuff. In your campaign introduction video, which is on your website, you're talking about. Wait, shameless the, plug. What's the website? I don't remember. Uh, CoreyHaines.com. CoreyHaines.com. There you go. There you go. Go, listeners, go visit the website. <laughs> yes. You were, you were talking about, uh, the, the parents' bill of rights. You were talking about this, um, assignment that one, that one of your kids got from school. Um, it, it seemed like that was really kind of the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back that really made you pull the trigger and, I can, how many more metaphors can I fit in that sentence? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So, uh, excellent question. I'm very curious to hear the answer to that one. But also, uh, who, who'd you bring? So this is Courtney Swears Ben. She is a good friend of mine. And um, we just connected through just our parents' rights. I mean, we both have kiddos that are in the same school district. And we just connected that way. And 
Okay, and Courtney, you're you're you yourself are not running for office, but you are passionate, committed to this issue of trying to, I get revamp how our children are educated or improve or I, I, how would you characterize it? Correct. I am just a concerned parent and a supporter of Corey, so I'm here. But I would characterize it as uh, what is going like what is going on and what is happening within our district right now. Like that's a huge concern to me, and I don't. I feel like. It's a huge concern to people who are aware of like what's going on. People are not being told about what's happening unless we're like we are coming out here and like speaking up, I guess. Uh, And I feel like did I answer that question? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So we just yeah, she's she's an uh, she's a parent advocate. Yeah, I mean we're all we just care about our kids and well, and I think I, I I. We'll have some Democrats on the show someday and we'll ask them. I don't know that this is necessarily up for debate, but I, I think it's fair to say COVID has set us back as, as a country in any measure that you want to look at, but I think particularly in education. Yeah. And I think one of the, if you have to find a silver lining, one of the silver linings is when you, you know, walk down the hall and you're here, your kid's teacher on Zoom and you, you get a better sense of on a day to day basis, what's going on. I know that I certainly did because my wife is a fifth grade teacher yeah. and I was, we were listening through every day and I heard her read through books and teach fractions and go through all these, you know, great things. But obviously if you are, if you have a child who is being to use the I word, if you have a child who's being indoctrinated or who's yeah. going through subject material that is nowhere near appropriate for their age, now all of a sudden, <laughs> like you said, the curtain's been peeled back and you have yeah, insight as to, to what's going on. Well, yeah. and I think like for me, it's, you know, I have, I have a very big soft spot for teachers. My mother was a teacher for Portland Public Schools. Sorry. Um, <laughs> for, you know, yeah, she earned that purse. <laughs> um, she, she was a school teacher for over 35 years. No and kidding. Okay. Um, which, uh, which school? Just uh, what's that? Which school did she teach at? So she taught at Wilcox. It was an elementary school over in the in Northeast Portland. Um, but then she retired at Applegate, which was right. I mean, um, right on eighty second. So it was just a very. um, My my wife is all element also elementary school, so that's I'm sure they can share the share some some stories. Yeah. So I want to be compassionate about you know our educators. I think that. They are all doing, you know, the best that they can. Um, it's the, it's kind of the, the personal agenda based educators, mm-hmm. um, bringing their partisan politics into, that you classroom. know, our schools. And so, yeah, um, just to kind of echo what she was saying. And I was getting an argument online earlier, which I know is, is a great <laughs> thing to do. Rarity. Uh, yeah. I get on Reddit for whatever reason, which is very left leaning and they, I just lose all of my points, my karma points. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I was talking about how you need to have age appropriate lessons and yeah. they're at certain point, like you, you don't talk about the horrors of the Holocaust in kindergarten because it's just, mm-hmm. It's not appropriate that they, the, the children at that age really just can't understand the gravity of what they're talking about. And it just, mm-hmm. it, and so to have some of these conversations about gender identity or whatever in, in elementary school is just wholly inappropriate. Or just, yeah. and, and just saying that they'll have these conversations, but they'll guilt trip the child into believe, if they don't believe in, whatever it is that the teacher is believing they'll chastise the child and condemn them in front of the class and i am just appalled by that sometimes i'm just like why are you why is this allowed 
Mm-hmm. We spent so much time moving away from bullying and, you know, yeah, discussing the right. fact that oh, yeah. stuff that happened for 30 or 40 years where kids would get made fun of and people just kind of looked the other. It's like we, we spent the last te- 10, 15, I don't know, 20 years saying like, okay, like this is wrong. Like right. being a bully in the schoolyard, it's not just part of growing up. We're like, no, this is wrong. We're going to go ahead and not do this to now flip the switch and just go the other way and just wholly accept bullying as long as the kid agrees with your ideology and if there's a student who doesn't identify as a b c or d then now all of a sudden it's okay yeah mm-hmm. i mean so, I, yeah the, that whole just to yeah what that was a horrible thing my son came home well why don't you talk about it i know it was in your in your announcement video but for the people who haven't been to your website yet which which they will they after, will listening, after to this listening to this episode <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my my fifth grader He's great. You know, he doesn't have a, a, a like a, a great basic concept of human anatomy yet. I mean, he's, you no, know, he's prepubescent. A fifth, he's a fifth grader, so yeah. <laughs> one would not expect I'm so, anymore. I still do. <laughs> well, <laughs> and so he came home from school. Um, he was just, he was mortified. He was confused. He was, you know, a lot of things. And I, he's like, I'm like, what's going on, buddy? He's like, oh, I, I just don't want to go back to school. And I was like, Really? Why? Well, you know, there was there were some situations and there was a, a con- you know, there was a conversation that was brought up and a lesson that was taught that was made me feel like uncomfortable. Okay, that's concerning. Um and it was a, really concerning because every single health lesson that was taught to our children, I mean, they had give a, given us, you know, a heads up, hey, we're going to be talking about like stranger danger, like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. this is coming, you know, then offered opt outs, except for this one. This was like mm. a surprise lesson. And so he said, well, you know, gosh, I, you know, I learned that there's many different genders. I learned, learned that the sexual preferences, you know, as in a fifth right. grader, yeah. Um, yeah. of my principal. And, you know, um, it, it, it was, it was enough to where I'm like, hmm, okay, well, let's have a conversation about this. And so taking it to the school and getting met with, oh, sorry, that was all on the up and up and, you know, nothing, there was no like, oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, we should have been thoughtful and intentional about that. That might have been, you know, a tricky s- subject to, to maneuver, you know, any, anything, but it wasn't any, there wasn't any sort of care or concern. It was basically like, this is the way that we are going to be teaching this and you're and wrong. You're and it. so you need to accept it, you know, respectfully. I said, look, you know, I just, just let's opt out Miles from, you know, future lessons. I just, I don't want to confuse him. I wanted, I want to be the one to talk about those things. We have a very open household and I, I want to be able to talk to him and he knows that he can come to me with, with anything. And that was met with, no, you can't opt him out. Mm. This, really? this particular lesson is not the comprehensive sexual education. Mm. That you're allowed to. I said, Oh, gender, gender, gender be. I mean, that's your, your sexual health. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, yeah, (laughs) we were, we were a little bit concerned. I, you know, our kids are, they're only young for so long, you know, and I'm not, I don't have my head stuck in the sand and think that it's, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I mean, my thought, I watched your video. And so what they kind of gave sliders of, you know, how do you, how do you feel between male and female yep. or Sliding masculine and, and, yeah. and feminine? And Nick and I were kind of talking on the way over here. 95% of people are binary. You know, you're male or you're female. Yeah. And when you present 
kids that age with a sliding scale and mm-hmm. say, oh, we'll pick a spot on here. Right. Well, no, From nobody, masculine to feminine. Right. Yeah. Nobody just psychologically, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the guy on the very end, you know, so you're going to, you're going to put it in a little bit, you know, because you yeah. don't want to be the extremist. At, sure. At least no, I my do. Kids yeah. Would be the guy at the Either very end. Either put it at the very end. like, I'm here <laughs> and I'm there. Like, you I mean, would, and you don't get but it. It introduces, yeah. it introduces these concepts, which for 95% of people are not the case. Right. And kids being, you know, kids being kids, they're, they're, um, you can be influenced pretty Absolutely. easily by that kind oh, of yes. stuff. You know, you, you sure. introduce the idea of, of, of this, this, you know, sliding scale. And all of a sudden, two thirds of the class thinks that they're transgender. Yeah. Right. When reality, less than 1% of the, of the population right. has gender dysphoria. Yep. And, you know, you can, screw up your life pretty bad if you start going down this path of being transgender when you're not actually transgender. I, just feel like if I mean, my, it's a huge... If my parents yeah. were like, Courtney, you know, oh, you like dressing like your brother? Oh, you must be a little boy. Let's like change your gender at seven, eight, nine, ten. when I really wanted to be a little boy. When you're... I, it just blows my mind at some of these parents. You're just trying yeah. on different identities. Yeah, what, right. kid, what kids do... And they, you know, but these potentially can be, can be dangerous if you go too far down that path of, mm-hmm. of being something that you're not, especially when there is so much affirmation around, you know, mm-hmm. being trans and, you know, congratulations, great, Kevin coming out. I just, I, I see where this is leading. And, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a, there's a balance for sure where you need to protect the kids who are actually trans. Yes. And, you know, not put them in a, in a, position where they are feeling like they're discriminated against but sure anyway well, sorry yeah, we're here to talk honest. about you i mean not let's just... be honest we, we want our kids to all be you know we want an inclusive environment absolutely and, absolutely and i you know i am not you know transphobic and all of right. these things that i've been called but um and they'll call you I, that just not, for just yeah. for asking the question Thank we're you. what was it um the senator what's his name the the crazy one josh Hawley. josh Hawley uh asked the not question of the pod has not a, been on no the pod. he is not senator but he's, uh <laughs> asked the question can can men get an abortion and was called transphobic for just asking yeah. the question no, it's like no okay wait a minute like this is just Okay, we can determine you know, how how conservative you are and how transphobic you are and whatever. But I this this one should be a yes or no question. This right. I mean, nothing is a yes or no question anymore, and I've noticed that. Like you ask a question, and then there's fifty answers to that one question, and a simple yes or no would have. Well, and that's yeah, the fine. we you know you, you go through your classes in in high school and college and you learn about like the Stanford Prison Experiment or the Connecticut Blue Eyes Brown Eyes and it's just it's just another way to other people and like we we've gone through and if you give individuals that power they will take advantage of it period full stop if you yeah. split your class in half and you say you have for the guards and you have for the prisoners but just you're still twenty three you're still in your psychology class you're still at stanford you're still well educated whatever they will absolutely devolve into those roles if you split your first grade class and have and you say okay the brown-eyed kids are the ones in charge and the blue-eyed kids are there's something wrong with them so we need to like shepherd them and take care of them they will devolve into those roles if you find ways to other people especially at that young of an age Mm -hmm. they're going to take advantage of it right and Mm -hmm. 
the it, it's ironic that it, it is our party that gets called homophobic and transphobic and to be sure there are elements of our party that are sure. and we want to distance ourselves from yes. them and call that out where we <laughs> yes. see it because absolutely. that's wrong and that's absolutely not what we're trying to represent looking at you ORP who has goofy <laughs> stuff in their state platform every single time that they meet do my very best to get yeah, that out of there but that's a whole nother that's a <laughs> topic for another podcast or several podcasts yeah. as it several were podcasts. but there, there's also, you can't let yourself go so far the other way that you're just you're now finding excuses to go bully individuals who identify as straight or as cisgender, right? And which 95 percent of the population is. But if you go through and you introduce these concepts at that young of an age, and people kind of glom onto that, they are going to find a way to other the people that they view as not like themselves, right? Which is wrong. Yeah, and I think just. Yeah, just, uh, it's, it's, I don't think it's unreasonable as a parent to just request that, hey, like a heads up would have been great, you know, and we weren't given that chance. And so, I mean, yeah, on the flip side of that, it was, I just, I wish that we, you know, would have known number one. And then I also wish that they were just a little bit more thoughtful and intentional with how they presented, um, you know, there were, the class was not divided up into girls and boys. And so my son was sitting there, you know, trying to fill out his, you know, gender bread man, you know, sheet. <laughs> and he's like worried that, you know, oh, is a girl going to look on my shoulder and see and make fun of him? And, you know, so it's just like all those little things. And then all, also like, why are they over sexualizing our kids? Mm-hmm. You know, that these are things that are thing. so crazy to me crazy. that like, I, you know, McKenna, again, McKenna yeah. came home to touch on that point, and she. And I'm sorry, McKenna's your daughter. Yeah, yes. she's also a fifth grade. She's going. She'll be a sixth grader. Um, she's, but she came home, and I just don't understand why they have to teach about sexuality in general at school. Like McKenna, I love her to death, but I'm like. <laughs> Girl, you need to hit those time tables a little bit more. Or you need to read that book a little bit, like hit that book a little bit harder. But she is so like they're so focused on like these social issues that I feel can be taught at home. Well, I yeah. I think there's there's but, a, there can be a compromise there, and this is just my two cents because okay, there are yeah. there are parents who are bad parents. You know, sure. you think homeless people who are having kids, you're talking about, you know, drugged out, just totally absent from their kids' lives. And those are the ones who continue the cycle of poverty. They're the ones whose kids don't get any kind of such education. They're the ones who don't get parental love. They probably have absent fathers. And they're more, those are the ones who are more likely to get pregnant at 14 and continue that cycle. So I do see there's, there's some value in sex education, but Having the option to opt out, I think, is is Great. super important because if you are a parent who is involved in your kid's life and you are the one who wants to talk about sex education mm-hmm. and, you know, you want to do it from whatever perspective that you want to do that, whether that's religious or non-religious or, mm-hmm. you know, abstinence only or, you know, whatever you want to teach, yeah. you know, you should have that option and to opt, opt and pull your kid out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially I, I think that it'll be interesting to see post-COVID because we did get a look at this is what education looks like for our for our youth. And while, while everybody, you know, there's always parent-teacher conferences and now, you know, that you can email the parents and it, everything like that. I think that we really did get a look, like you said, behind the curtain, which mm-hmm. I – 
I don't know if you know a gentleman named Jeff Reynolds, friend of the podcast. He he's also a conservative, writes for uh World P- Net Daily, PJ Media, PJ PJ Media, oh, yeah. PJ Media, yeah. And um, he, so he's come on. He wrote a book called Behind the Curtain. Listeners, go buy the book Behind the Curtain. Jeff, if okay. you're listening, shameless plug. <laughs> uh, behind the curtain. That's for I, free. I actually think uh, I read it. So, but so we, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we you got copies of it somewhere. We? Yeah, we, yeah. We, we we got them somewhere. Okay. But the interesting part of the um of the COVID uh, kind of debacle that we've gone through and experienced with schools is uh, enrollment is declining at an incredible pace. And it has, it, it shows me that everybody left, right and center is a free market capitalist. And if you believe that your child is not getting the education that he or she deserves at your elementary school or middle school or high school, you will remove your child from that school. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's always just been that you live in a house and that go you're to assigned school. to a school district and that's where you go and say yeah. la vie. Mm-hmm. If you, that this is a selling point for a lot of houses. It's like, well, mm-hmm. we're part of this school district, yeah. part of that school district. Yeah. You can go to this place and it's such a nice community yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Whereas anymore, that's not the case. It's People not. are starting to realize that we have the ability to compete with our education programs. And if we don't believe that our children are being best served, we are going to go and take them somewhere where they are, even if it costs us tuition payments, even if it costs us an hour long commute every day, if it costs this, that, and the other thing, because people aren't willing to put their kids second. Right. And I, you mm-hmm. see declining enrollment at schools everywhere, yep. all across public schools here in Portland. And this is one of the things that I, I think would be such a great opportunity for them would be if anybody from PPS, other than my wife is listening, she's probably rolling <laughs> her eyes right now. If anybody from PPS is listening, this is such a great opportunity to say, hey, let's go through and make sure that our curriculum aligns with the values that our parents have. And it's yeah. it's still Portland. Everybody's mm-hmm. still a Democrat. We can still be mm-hmm. hippie and progressive and this, that, and the <laughs> other thing. But when you start seeing declining enrollment, when you start seeing things like mm-hmm. we have a gender bread man assignment that we've got to go through and teach, maybe. <laughs> Maybe this is the mm-hmm. the market, if you will. This is the groups of parents that you're trying to educate their children saying, we don't believe that this is appropriate. Right. Let's maybe make sure that our curriculum at least somewhat aligns with what it is we're trying. And I say this as somebody who supports comprehensive sex education because I – it right. demonstrably it does reduce unplanned pregnancies sure. and the number of yeah. abortions it does. and it does. all kinds it's of costs a, like that. And uh, which I think but, all but of us would favor. You need to be able to opt out if you choose. You I, need to be I able think to opt that's, out. Yeah, yeah, I just think I I I think yes, opt out is a great option, but also like McKenna came home and she was like, I was so uncomfortable because we had to do these projects with the boys. And it's yeah. like when we were growing up, mm, we didn't. They split you up. They would split yeah. you yep. up. And now they're like, oh, it is what it is. We're so <laughs> yeah. comfortable here. Well, honestly, like, I, wonder, I wonder if that has to do you, with the the kind of the, the blurring of genders that now, yes. now there is no gender. Now there is yeah. no gender. So they're just like, here. <laughs> That's got to be. I will this. say, so I moved to Oregon in 2015. So and it was you- right around then that City Hall said, you know what? No more genders. So we're not going to have gendered bathrooms. And then the female city councilors were like, uh, <laughs> we don't like this at all. At all. And then they switched back to just having a traditional men's room and a woman's room, which is not a, I think, grossly transphobic thing to do it's not but they said yeah this is some things are better where it's the women do the women thing and the men do the men thing yeah yeah i'm sorry i feel more comfortable walking into a bathroom and i don't have a man next to me while i'm doing my lady stuff i just i 
would find that extremely uncomfortable in any situation. And for them to bring, try to bring it to the school is like, well, take it. Yeah. Take it to another level. Like I think you're, even, you're even trying to bring that to our schools. Right. And as a grown up and a grown woman, I am, I feel uncomfortable with. Right. Imagine doing that at 12, 13. I know. You know, yeah. Like, wow. imagine being a 12 year old girl trying to change your tampon and there's a boy <laughs> right next door. Right next door. And you're like, oh my goodness, I have to wait until he leaves or what? <laughs> right. Like, well, now, no, the, no, the, now they're putting tampons, tampons in, in the boys' bathrooms. Are you guys jumping on that? Are you going to try those tampons out? I heard they're good for bloody noses. You get a nosebleed, you stick so them up funny. there. I know. I've heard so. I, I can know, only I'll, imagine uh, like the, the cost maybe of like plumbing and and you know. Smaller ones. I mean, I yeah. I just I I I used to work for I did director of marketing for a restoration contractor, and I just see like you know water damage, you know yeah. flooding. <laughs> it's like they're flooding. playing with the tampons. You know, I just it's it's. Yeah. It's just like having <laughs> having crazy. been a teenage boy at one point in, in my life, like it would be just completely uncomfortable being yeah. next to a teenage girl when you're trying to do your business. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and you're just wondering what's going on over there and you know yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. what is she doing she's she's me oh my god why is he here like, I can't. I, it's awkward enough. I, my wife and i were on a we did a road trip this past week and we stopped at like a 7-eleven and some guy came into a urinal at you know he stopped at the gas station there and he tried to make conversation with me it's like my husband said that there's etiquette. like yeah, there's like a code of conduct I when you're Lord. like you'd never look yes, no you never look no a man talking. in the we like do not do this. Never look a man in the eye. Not when you're <laughs> in the urinal, like no. right next yeah. to it's like this, hmm, uh, this is awkward. I like promise, yeah. I'm not interested in hearing about like the good gas mileage that your Honda <laughs> Civic has right now. Uh, no. Congratulations, dude. Not the time. Read the room. But Read the any, room. Anything that's awkward for adults is 10 times more awkward for teenagers. Yeah. And trying to yeah. force this stuff on them has got to be – and that that's another one of the issues that I have with all this this – this cultural change that we're going through is trying to te- trying to treat children like they were adults. Oh like, yes, because I feel like for sure I feel like yeah. adults can handle like the bathroom situation. You have floor sure. you have floor yeah. to ceiling you know walls and like adults can handle that. Mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14, I know 15 for a fact that that's not true. Well, I was at, I was, <laughs> I was so. on a vacation at <laughs> Pearl Harbor. But they and do this in Europe. We had to go through. In Europe, that's how it Man, is. Man, I was just in Europe. I don't see right, any unigender benefits. We went in. <laughs> we had just gotten away. Like, we did a little like boat tour or something. Dad and I got right off the boat and we like just had to go in, hit the head real quick. We're just like, all right, let's just take two seconds. And we walk in and all of a sudden we just hear this giggling. And sure enough, Dad and I realized that we had just walked into the woman's room. Like, we're standing over. For, there's no urinals. So, of course, we're yeah. just like, hmm, yeah, You're sus. like, what is going oh. on? <laughs> it's sus. And so, like, we just we walked into the to stalls and, like, because I'm our – I don't know if our viewers. Uh, we, viewer. we don't really have viewer. Viewer yeah, and viewer. But I saw, I'm six foot three. My dad's six foot four. So, like, we have height-advantaged individuals. We just, like, look, turn our heads toward each other. And as the, right at the same time, we just realized, oh, God, we just walked into the woman's room. It was not It was not a comfortable situation. I, as an adult, did not handle that well. I just made a 
beeline right out of there. And this is, again, it's one of those things where it's like it's 8 o'clock in the morning. It's a six-hour time difference between East Coast time and Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a simple mix-up. But Mm -hmm. people were looking at us and there was not an element of understanding. big men in the women's bathroom. What were they doing? They were scared and we were scared (laughs) and everybody just wanted out of this situation. Just pull the ripcord and get out of there. So I, I, I beg to differ. I think that adults are better so, equipped, but uh, if mm-hmm. you're not prepared for it, at least from experience, I can Count, tell you. Counterpoint. Yeah. Counterpoint. Awful. Uh, I have been to Coachella yeah. and <laughs> the, the line for the ladies room is around the block, whereas the men's room, it's, it's not. And so there would be women that go Enough into the entrepreneurial women go into the men's room and do their business. And, and it was fine. Second, second interest, um, Latin America. You will be taking a pee and the female cleaning lady will just like come in and start wiping the floor. And <laughs> what is our podcast? That's yeah, what is <laughs> what? like eight minutes, two, two points, two points where it's it really wasn't like a big deal. It's it's a little weird from an American standpoint. No, it is a really big like, deal. I don't like that. Okay. I don't want you in the bathroom with me, uh, Jeff. Okay? I'm sorry. I just don't. You, we're I, calling out Jeff Reynolds? He's not even here to defend himself. He just wrote sorry, a book. Sorry, he didn't Jeff. do anything but wrong. I'm just thinking, okay, I'm just fair. like, that's I fair. don't want you in the restroom with me when I'm yeah, doing my thing. And I just, I barely want you in the house. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be comfortable to like do, yeah. I, okay. do my I, thing I and be remember, about my business. I and guess then, about a year ago, my wife's parents, that their water went out and my wife's mother came over and she says, do you mind if I just shower? It's like, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, it's all covered. See? I went out for a walk and yeah. she was just like, it's like, I'm in the bathroom. The door closes. I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to be out of the house. Literally didn't even yeah. see her the entire time. She was there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever. Did not see her the entire time because you want to give people kind of their, their space. space. Yeah. You want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable. Exactly. Yeah, weird situation, whatever. Anyway, my, my point was, I think it's American culture thing. It is. I think that I and think that we love America. Yeah. It is. Yes. And we do. That's, that's why we love America because yeah, we true. are just we are not we didn't grow up in Europe. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not European. Okay. I'm not comfortable. I will say when when this is a thing that's like fair. I so, went uh, I yeah. will tell you I went to India and I had to use an eastern or what a eastern bathroom? The one with the hole the hole in the floor? What is it called? The western bathroom. Hole in the floor, uh, but literally. Bro. Let yeah. me tell you, the most uncomfortable situation I have ever been in my life, and I had to use them the whole time I was there for a month. But this one time I can recall, I was in a restaurant, and I just had to use the restroom. I don't know the the restroom flooded, like it mm. flooded. Because it was like rinsing out or something. I don't know what was going on, but I was like, this is not okay. I'm uncomfortable. Like, just please get me back <laughs> oh, where I can in the flush floor. my toilet. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, a, that's a Middle Eastern thing. Yeah. yeah. Is, like, they just have, yeah, it's just, just you like have you just squat down. Yeah. And yeah you you kind squat of, and you just like, you do your business. Just yeah. the most appalling. I, <laughs> I think it's appalling. To do because I'm, I mean, yeah. Right. Anyways, yeah. we'll change this. We have gotten a little bit <laughs> off, off the rails a little bit here. What we're used to as Americans. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of America, 
and okay, how fantastic America is. Yes. I would be curious to know, Corey, what are like what what are your thoughts on HD thirty nine? What are some of the issues that you feel like are facing constituents? And I, I, obviously, I know that we've touched on education, but why do you feel that? And I actually, I don't know. I'm assuming it's a Democrat who's currently representing the district. But why do you feel the Democrat is not representing uh, the the constituents of HD thirty nine? Well, I think that well, so the way that the redistricting went, it it our district did have um a, quite a bit of well, not quite a bit, but about fifteen thousand votes um that were from Multnomah County, so it, it kind of cut into Multnomah County. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, with the redistricting, we it has completely eliminated that, hmm. and I think just. You know, we, I, I, the homeless issue is an issue. Um, and we still, I always think, okay, you got to, you know, run to your district. There's not really like a huge. Is it all crisis. Clackamas? All it's, Clackamas County? A, there is, yeah, it's, it's not all of Clackamas County. It's mostly, so it's all of Clackamas, all of Happy Valley, a little bit of Oregon City, um, okay. a little bit of like boring. But I think that's about it. But I just so some of the eastern suburbs, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think that Lori Dreamer has um, ran twice in this district and then you know lost just by slim margin. But that was when that that was at the Multnomah County. So I I just I think that we're everybody's fed up. I mean, there's on right or left, it's everybody's really sick of. Having all of these issues and very little support, the homeless issue. I, I mean, there's no compassion letting somebody live in filth on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, just I, I think it's time. I, I, nobody else was going to step up to the plate. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, I great. Some, yeah, I'm just compassionate about it. Yeah. I don't know everything. I don't have everything figured out. But I mean, nobody's going to work harder than me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I am looking at every single bill and how can we get the crime? How can we get all of that under control? How can we support our law enforcement? Well, so this it's it's funny that you mentioned that we did an episode with uh, Dan Bonham, who's running now for the state senate, uh, but who had served in the this house like for two years two ago. Terms, yeah, yeah. Um, who, who's a great guy, friend of the pod, who also had his own podcast. Listen to I think Main Street Politics is what he calls his yep. podcast. I, they only record when they're in session, but Main Street Politics, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said when he first got there, funnily enough, <laughs> now that she's in the news, he spoke with Betsy Johnson, who yeah. had said. Dan, the thing about this job is it can be a 20 week, jo- 20 hour a week job if you want it to be, and it can be an 80 hour a week job if you want it to be. There is so everybody campaigns on, uh, you know, this is why I'm the best representative. Yeah. And then you go and win and everybody is exciting. And then you get there and it's just like, Oh my gosh, there's so much work to, but yeah. about the issues themselves, but about the process and the procedure and how everything works in Salem and mm-hmm. how you actually go about the, you know, getting bills passed and everything. Yeah. And it, he, he, he made the comment on our air where he said, it is just a, it's a titanic amount of information to go through and learn yeah. and try to digest. And the, the fact that you're able to, to sit there and just say, Hey, like, I'm going to work harder than anybody else. Oh, yeah. That for, for me, at least that counts, you know, far more than somebody who just says, I'm, I've got the perfect resume. I'm yeah, ready no, to go I, on day one. It's like, no, no, nobody is. No, nobody you, is. You have yeah. so but much more to I, learn. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a small, I have a small business. Um, just, I, you know, I'm a mother. 
But I, I mean, I am so passionate. I mean, I can run through a brick wall. It's like, mm-hmm. we just, we need to get back to having some balance in Salem. I, I don't care if I need to stay up late and be looking after Bill and after, you know, I mean, I'm doing a police ride along tomorrow to, nope, you know, in my, awesome. oh yeah, cool. because I want to know what, what I can do to help them. I mean, we just, we need to all stick together. It takes a village. And, you know, we all need to unite. We all need to talk to the other side. I mean, we can have these conversations Mm -hmm. and we can get, you know, we can, we can get our state back. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I am not a politician. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just a, uh, you know, a suburban mom that is, you know, ready to go to work. I just, Mm -hmm. I, I love my state so much that it just breaks my heart to see how just, I mean, in a, in, in, I mean, gosh, it's been over 30 years of just failed democratic policies. And it's just, I mean, where has that got us? I mean, we look at very like, okay, measure 110. Did the people really know what they were voting on? Because I feel like that has. That's the drug decriminalization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how Mm -hmm. would anybody think that that is supposed to be good for like our anyone, economy. Yeah, anyone, exactly. just not. Yeah. So, so there's, there's all of these things. We just, we need to have, yeah, just more, uh, more information, hard work. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I'm, I'm ready. I think the homelessness issue is a huge, just blaring example of democratic yeah. failures. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, so I, I ran for Metro council and yeah. didn't, didn't win in, in May, <laughs> okay. but yeah, it's a, well, it's okay. you tried. Strong I tried. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's strong, all that strong second place. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. You got second. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, I mean, <laughs> two second of oh. two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, did a lot of research on the homelessness issue and it yeah. seems that, you know, so Ted Wheeler, mayor, mayor of Portland, has started doing sweeps, just like yeah. kicking people out yep. and is calling that a success. Yeah. Like this is mm. this is his successful policy is just kicking people out and moving them around until they, no, leave, they leave the state. No, which they is kick them out. They kick them out by uh, if that one has needles and this one don't, you can stay if you don't have needles. Mm. It's just crazy. But if the it's, drugs or needles are found. Then they have to go and move. <laughs> they have to move across the street. Across the street, a hundred a yeah. hundred feet, I think. They have yeah. to move from there. But that's their policy. After thirty yeah. years of yeah. just allowing these things to happen, yeah. their policy, their their successful policy, quote unquote, is just to kick people out. I know that. And you have you have organizations that are actually helping people. Right. You know the mm-hmm. Bybee Lakes Hope Center. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with. Uh, uh, the guy who runs City Team. There's one called uh, Shepherd's Door, I think. Mm. And the difference between those, and, and none of those get any money. This mm. is my little soapbox here, so I, I apologize. I know this is about you, but not. No, it's not. <laughs> um, the, the, they don't get any any state funding, no city funding, no any any public money at all because they are comprehensive. And mm. so what the grants go toward is these little organizations that pick one little thing whether it's food or shelter or, you know, mm. drug rehabilitation or whatever. And that's, that's where the money goes because it's measurable. You yeah. can measure how many needles were exchanged. You can measure how many sandwiches were handled, handed out. But at the end of the day, there's no relationships being, relationships being built. Yeah. There is no, you know, human dignity. There is no path to get 
out of the situation that they're in. All that is, is meeting this requirement, Mm -hmm. this check in the box, Mm -hmm. so that then people go back to their tent and now Mm -hmm. they have a sandwich. Mm-hmm. that they didn't have before. And they and, have a fresh pack of needles. Yep, and that yeah, yeah. that is where the money's going. And this yeah. is this is the problem with homeless policy in in Portland in Oregon yeah. is the organizations that are actually cu- helping people get off the streets and mm-hmm. integrated into society and getting a job and getting a place to to live are not getting any public money because it's not measurable and it's a lot of them are faith-based. And mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. is the primary problem with mm-hmm. homeless policy, in yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So there you go. Take that and go to Salem and fix it. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to do that? Are we going to you going to build like some huge buildings and just stick them in there, or what's going to happen? Are we going to get like some condos? For just well, wondering. I think, I think first and foremost, I mean, get the get treatment for those that that want that, and if mm-hmm. they don't, then you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's Los Angeles, apps. yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> or Kansas. Like, I never yeah. hear about Kansas. Yeah, and I just I think that it's there. so it's too cold yeah. in the winter. They don't want to go to Kansas. It's fine. Just yeah. Like, well, we well, are. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. Finish oh, up. Are we, say, are we well, wrapping up? We're getting well, close. We're, we're getting close. But well, I wanted to... So, go ahead and finish um, your thought. I forgot to talk about why you and I were connected. Well, when we... Yeah. After we got that... Um, oh. yeah. yeah. And so I might let you explain that. Because oh, okay. I got a text from her and we had just received an email. My son is multiracial and um, we received an email at the same time. And it was like, we were both kind of thinking the same thing, but, um, but she sent me a text and I was very taken aback by that. I thought that was, you know, really profound. Um, yeah. And I'll just and, make it like super quick so we can wrap, yeah. snap the fingers and wrap it up. I feel minutes, like this is okay. why I came here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't really I, I think it really, it needs to be said. Um, yeah. So the school district is sending out, I feel like it's segregation all over again. They're hmm. trying to put these kids in these boxes and they're, um, for instance, we were talking about Black Knight and mm-hmm. uh, the Black Knight that they had. And they just sent it out to all the black families in the community in Clackmas. And they were like, we would love you guys to be a part of this. And we were trying to understand, like, what what was the point of this night? Was it to, like, educate other people of that are not? African-American, was it to build the community so that they could help, you know? know. Mm -hmm. But everyone was like, they need to be able to be in a space, like black people need to be in a space where they're safe and where they have this and I was just thinking, a- away like, from white people, away from she white people. Me, well, she sent me a text like I'm like, triggered, and I'm I like, was, hmm. I kind of felt triggered. I was kind of like thrown aback by it because it was kind of like. What does this mean? Like, you're trying to, like, put us in, you don't want black and white people to share the same commonalities or the same, Hmm. you know what I mean? Or just black and anyone in general. So, I I just, I wanted to come on here and have a conversation, I I guess. I think it's just a different point of view. I mean, it's, it's. 
for her to to reach out to me and say that she was triggered by that, it was just it kind of spoke to me. I was like, wow, you know. And then I have my son who's fifth grade, and he's like, well, maybe Dad can take me to that, yeah. you know, because my dad, you know, is is half black, and sure. you know, you can't take me. And so, like, I just. I just, I wonder what the whole logic is behind that. And I think that it's supposed to be trying to create like an inclusive environment or like a club, you know, to, to have like people that it's just, but it's to me, it's divisive. And I think that's what you were talking about earlier. You just said it just feels like it's really divisive, Mm -hmm. you know, dividing people up and setting the clock back 80 years, you know, like why are we, yeah, I just... I have a friend who's an administrator at one of the high schools around here, and she was saying that for one of the graduations, they wanted to give all of the black students a something to put around their on their graduation robe, you know, like they do for Honor Society or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. They wanted to give one of those, like a special one to all the black students, which she not that many black people in Portland. And she was just like, what are you doing? Like, why? You're... You're like, like honoring people because of the the way that they were born, you know. Like this, there's just such a such an odd thing to to want to sure. do. Anyway, this this stuff's going on, and and I think they're they're trying different things to try to lift up people of color, but the way they're doing it is and just I think that is really a, weird. That is amazing, but I also think that some some sometimes, you know, if we're not thoughtful or how, you know, I just. Sometimes it's it it can be like the opposite. It can make the, the you way know, you do things is important, right? And you know, there's one way that you can lift people up, at, lift up their voices, sure, or you can tokenize them, or you can <laughs> I bring know. back segregation. And that's what I mean. Why are and, we dividing everything? And that's I think that's yeah. The why big is picture. everyone? I just I'm gonna leave it at this. But why are they putting people in boxes these days? Yeah, like what if. Okay, you're black, you're white, you're this, you're that. And then there's all these other little things that they put with you. And they're like, well, you can't hang out with this person because you guys won't get along. Well, it even goes of- back to the, the gender bread man. Like you start putting people <laughs> in boxes of, you know, are you gay, straight? Are you trans? Are you cis? You know, are you like whatever? And you just like, if you are not in the, that box, you... Mm-hmm. You're demonized, you're looked down on, you know, or you're praised for, you know, who you happen to yeah, be. Yeah, and then it's, if you like, it's exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. they're doing it in just such the, the weirdest way that I think is very counterproductive. So, yeah, I get you. Well, we are now overtime, but that's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's <laughs> all right. Sorry. It's all right. There really is no, we, we can ha- talk. We have we have done one that was like an hour and a half long, and Nick was giving oh me the, the was he giving the you the nastiest, oh the nastiest side wrap eyes. it up. What's that so like, good. Dave Chappelle? That must like, have been a good up. conversation. Anyway, it was a good conversation. Was. We we killed an entire bottle of whiskey. I think that did. that podcast. Man, whiskey. how could you give a time. side eye when yeah. you have whiskey? Well, we didn't have whiskey anymore. That was we the had problem. finished. Oh. It. <laughs> we were all done with the whiskey. Okay. I think my mom commented on that episode. She said, you, yeah. you, need, you guys should probably drink a little less when you're on those. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, so one of the things we like to do at the end of our podcast is ask our, our guests, you know, who is their favorite Republican? So uh, we gave you a lot of heads up beforehand. So if you <laughs> have a good answer. Well, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't have just one. Okay. Um, 
but I'd say one of my favorites um, is is my dad. My dad is uh, um, a great patriot and has kind of showed me the the you know the good way of you know making conservative you know Republicans um, fashionable mm. and and so that um, and then I you know I love. Uh, um, I have two mentors that I looked up to a lot. Um, Lynn Snodgrass. She's amazing. Um, and just, mm. uh, just such an amazing person. And then, um, Patrick Sheehan by far. Whose who's office I adore. we are using for he's, this. He's, he's, he's incredible. And he's, he's really done a lot for me. And, um, yeah, he believes in me, you know, mm. friend of the pod. We had an episode with him. Yeah. Yeah. In this same room. So I can't Snodgrass or your dad on the show, but we'll try to. Yes. (laughs) My dad's great. And I, I love how he showed me kind of, I mean, I've always been a Republican or I've always been a little bit more conservative, but, um, showed me. That's good. That's good. You're only the third person to say your dad is the, (laughs) really? (laughs) Your your dad's dad's the favorite guy. (laughs) I know, but I thought about that. I'm like, okay, who who inspired me? And I'm like, okay, he's military. That's Patrick Sheehan's great. (laughs) I mean, it's a good answer. It's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. I got to pick my mentors and then, you know, yeah. Well, Courtney, who's your favorite? Um, so my favorite, I'm like, Corey, I I haven't been. Uh, it's not my dad. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I haven't been a Republican my entire life. I kind of like ate the red pill like three years ago when COVID started and Black Lives Matter came out. Right, so um, I started paying more attention to politics and the way policies and things I think we were all are, forced to. Right? Sure, I am. Um, but my favorite Republican is Candace Owen. I really look up to her, and um, she's taught she's me smart. so much. So, yep. Got to meet her in an event you a couple did. Of years ago. I'm yeah. very jealous. Yeah. What did she I say? Mean, That's it was incredible. A, it was a, it was a Get her on the pod and I, bring me. I shook her hand. We took a photo. That was the extent of it. It was not any more than that. But She's very smart. Yeah. Someday, she someday. is. Yeah. Yeah, sharp as a tack. Well, Who's we, yours? Yeah, wait, we need to wait, know your guys's. Yeah. I think we've actually I, answered this question. Before. Yeah, I, th- I I'm think. Pretty sure I said Jack Kemp. Yeah, I I gave the the standard like stupid answer of like Abraham Lincoln, just because <laughs> he's the you know OG Ooh. like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I like Ben Sass. He's good. Christine Drazen. I'm a big fan of her. Christine, yeah, also Christine, friend of the pod. Also yeah, friend of the pod. I spoke to her. She's, yeah, she's yeah. she's yeah. great. I'm a I'm a real big Christine Drazen fan. Like a um, little, yep. If we can all, if we can all come together, four more months. Please, all the entire party needs to come together and just get, exactly. get past the finish line. Hundred percent. We need her Fingers and crossed. not Kate Brown two point <laughs> Ooh, child. All right. <laughs> well, with that, I think we will call it an episode. Thank, Thank you, so you both so much me. for having us on, or coming on. This has yep. been fantastic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. And uh, listeners, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rational Republican Podcast. Your hosts are James Ball and Nick Perlosky. The show today is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors of Portland, serving the greater Portland metro area for all your garage door installation and repair needs. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at james at jamesaball.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 
You can find our episodes at jamesaball.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.